Hello and welcome to the Ever Not Me podcast. My name is Graham and I'm joined with John, Lee and Andrew and we're here to discuss the weekly news that's going on around Everton. Um, what a place to start. Um, today we've been linked with a US-based company um, looking to take over the club again, um, becoming a bit of a running running thing this way we interest um it's understood that deliberations are ongoing with the u.s company which is co-led by hungarian american businessman george soros nephew jeffrey i don't know why the story is broken down like that he must be of some importance but basically um simon horseman and uh this guy soros are said to be leading the potential takeover deal with former Everton director Keith Harris acting as a senior advisor. So I don't expect anyone to know about these guys. I haven't got a baldy. I've had a look and uh, much of the fashion. When you look into the guys that are buying these clubs, there's not a lot of information out there. There's there's not a great deal of substance. But um, what I will put the question to you, is, and I'll come to you first, John, is there's a lot of smoke around the club looking to sell um, in the media. So they say there's no smoke without fire. What are your thoughts on it, mate? Yeah, it's, um, you know, these stories are coming out nearly every week now. Um, so there's obviously something going on. But, um, I mean, I was I was all for it in the summer because I just wanted Machiri gone after that, you know, horror show that was last season with Benitez and everything. Um, I just wanted him out. But he seems to have taking a back seat since then um he's left Thelwell get on with the job and we're actually going places now um now I, i'm not saying like i, I wouldn't like to take over because i probably would um I, like i said i don't know much about those guys but i just i just hope it doesn't upset the balance now that we finally look like we're actually getting somewhere do you know what i mean it just feels like you know now it's settled down the fans are on side we've got you know good coaching staff the players are, are running through brick walls for everything um so yeah i just hope that you know it doesn't upset the balance at the moment like so lee i'll I'll come to you on this one here mate um all this talk around transfer or uh apologies all this talk around um takeovers and stuff do, do you think it would upset things because as, as john was saying there in the summer you'd have been all for it because it's a fresh start for everybody but with what lampard's doing and what his coaching staff's doing, what Thelwell's doing, you know, they're getting all their, all their pieces in, in the right spots. Where do you think it, when people come in and take overs, they like to implement their own things, they like to change it up? Do you think it's a case of better the devil we know, or, or how do you feel about it? See, in that sense, though, you hear them, eh, commentators and football are saying it shouldn't really affect the playing side because it doesn't really affect them. Maybe yeah. in the years to come it would with regarding transfers, obviously players coming in, coming in and going out. But I don't you look at Newcastle, Newcastle's a prime example, how long that ran on for. Yeah. And then they went on an unbelievable run. So I wouldn't think it'd affect the players as much. I just I can't see him selling the club just yet because of the stadium. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me, but there is no smoke without fire. As John yeah. said, there seems to be rumours every week coming out now. Basically every other week, at least. So there's something's definitely going on. Whether that's he's looking for 
small investments, so he's going to sell a minority stake in the club, or yeah. whether he wants to sell the whole club. But I just yeah. can't. It just doesn't make sense selling the whole club right now. Yeah, no, I I get that, and you can't help but but play with the fact as he looking to abandon what he thinks is a financial sinking ship or or whatever. But more my concern, my biggest worry with it all is though some guy comes in who is media driven, who just has this narrative that maybe Lampard isn't good enough, you know, and things like this. And I'm I'm pretty settled with him, so that's where that's where my fear is, and it can if, if there's any form of uncertainty and. No uh, disrespect to any Americans. Or we have an American colleague here, obviously. But, you know, when a lot of these guys come in looking to build things, you know, and, and they have their own vision, they're very they're very open with what they would like to do. You know, they tend to be very open in the media. You know, they like to puff their chest out with all due respect, ultimately, and talk about what they're doing. Whereas, you know, Saudis came in at City, and it was just positive notes, albeit in a different spot. But even the, even the Saudi owners or Saudi Arabia that bought Newcastle, they came on and it wasn't, to my memory, it wasn't massively verbal. Do you know? And, and we're going to do this and we're going to chop that. But albeit they ended up with you know, Eddie Howe and they were in a position where there had to be change. I just don't think there needs to be change at Everton on that playing field. And it can be disrupted by that sort of boardroom change. So that's my only worry. But but Andrew, just just in something Lee said there, do you think it could be a stadium issue? Do you think it could be uh, bringing someone in in a form for, form of investment to sort of shoulder that burden of, of? Because let's face it, there's material issues. Do you think there's even even some sort of thing we can these guys might be able to get hold of materials in the US to help build and, and, and speed this the stadium up because there is a 2024 deadline with it? Um, I think the biggest issue here is the lack of one Alisher Uzmanov. I think that's what's causing all of this. He was actually yeah. the money man and Mashiri was just a degree of separation that someone like Roman didn't have at Chelsea. And I think Uzmanov played that relatively shrewdly, except with his money being completely tied up Mashiri, whilst not a pauper by any stretch of the imagination, is not on the level of an Uzmanov, so can't continue like he was. Um, I think Lee said in the group chat earlier that if it's Kaminsky's group, uh, Talon Real Estate, they're wealthy, but not anywhere near the level that they would need to be for a full-on takeover unless they just stop yeah. doing their other business. So that would be more of a minority investment. The Soros one, uh, the LAMF, right, or whatever the hell it is, uh, that one, if Soros has anywhere near the rest of his family's money, that's a full takeover. And you yeah. took the words out of my mouth earlier. Uh, the better the devil you know, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, in yeah. the pod's past, I was very much opposed to the former takeover because of the involvement of people like Thornton. This one, I'm opposed right now because it seems like we're getting traction and Mashiri seems to know his role um, yeah. as a backer and letting the football people do football people things. So yeah. I'm not opposed to like a takeover at some point, but I would need to know that Thelwell, Prosser, Frank, et cetera, on down, at least for now, are protected. And I don't see that yeah. happening. Uh, Bowley yeah. at Chelsea clashed with Tuchel almost immediately. And Bowley is kind of a special sort of ego. So that's a different thing. But we talked about, Lee said, uh, on the pitch, the players being affected. Bowley's big sticking point was, I want Ronaldo. 
And Tuke was like, fuck no, he's team cancer unless it's like a perfect scenario. And that was really the cause of the schism. So I would say, keep on keeping on, get minority investors so you can keep executing like we have been because I see a way forward. I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and I think I think the key word there is traction as well. You know, just like the traction that's running down Lee's chest. Um, you, <laughs> I love that top. I'm only teasing, but what I'm saying is, uh, that's my worry. Just that someone might just come on and just be like, "Okay, I'm coming on," but you know what? It's my vision. Things are going good. That's that's. I want things to go great, and in theory. With most other teams, you would say, yeah, so like the original Abramovich takeover, yeah, we've got good players. We just finished fourth in the league. But you know what? I want him. I want him over there. I want two of them. I want this and I want that. And instantly you knew that team was going Goliath. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas in terms of of where we are now and profit and sustainability and all that other crap, you know, you can't do that. So where then do you make your changes then? So you can't come in and make those changes on the field. So you know what? I'm going to get a better manager. And then he might be the sort of guy to be all, Mourinho does still have it. He's at Roma. I'm going to offer him three, uh, <laughs> 300 grand a week to come back to the Premier League. And you come back and you're, you're at step one. Now, this is the Evertonian in me. I'm just... I, I just... Expect the worst and, and and hope for the best. You know what I'm saying, but um, it, it it just it just worries me. You know what I mean. And the fact that they keep coming about, you know, it just shakes me. It really, really does. And I'm just me, my head's going a mile, miles a minute here, thinking about that. But it's just it's worrying. But Lee, you something you want to add in on that, mate? Yeah, I was just going to say it all depends on how we're doing on the pitch at the time. Say so if this happens yeah. now. Lampard's got himself a bit of time with the with yeah. the results we've But if if this was to happen last season when Benitez was in charge, he'd have probably gone straight away. So yeah. hopefully if it does happen, then we're playing well and it gives Lampard because there's no doubt about it. I'd say 99.9% of the fan base are behind Lampard. Regardless 100%. of what anyone yeah. thinks of Machiri, the boards, Ken Wright, all the other stuff that's going on in the background of the club. They are one hundred percent behind the manager yeah. and, the, and the playing staff and everything now. So I just think it depends on where we are if the takeover yeah. wants to happen. So I, I just think think yeah, I agree completely with that. I I just think, and I'll put this out to any though, but I think Lampard is currently running on uh, zero pressure as a manager. He knows our board yeah. can't come in and foot another bill. Some you know, and again, I'm I'm playing the. I'm I'm I, I realize I, I'm turning. Uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? I, I'm turning speculation and the war games basically, and I get that, and it's but that's as I say the Evertonian on me. But I feel if someone else comes in, that pressure comes on. That pressure's on in your job or just in anything. You're not as fluid as you are. Like he he is so relaxed and he knows he has the fans, and the fans should be the main thing. Football's a business, and they may. Do you know what I'm saying? Football's a business, and they won't see it as as that, and they'll say, "Well, we're the ultimate opinion." So, how how we feel about it and what we think should stand, John. Yeah. What 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 do you think on that? Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is as well is that, like, you know, we, we know the relationship between Mashiri and Kia Jorabjian. Um, 
which is another reason why I wanted Mashiri gone because of the unrest that he has brought to the club since he came and bringing the likes of El Ghazi in and stuff like that. And, you know, Josh King, perhaps for six months, who just didn't get a game. You know, there's all these things going on that we don't know about. And yeah, you've got to think like whoever a new owner is who comes in, they might have that side of it like lined up. They might already have these agents who they're talking to in preparation yeah. to say, you know, if I'm taking over Everton, um, have you got any people in mind that you want to bring in? And that, again, could cause unrest within the club with the likes of Thelwell. He's, he's set a target. He's not going to work for just six months. He's going to plan three, four years down the line. Do you know what I mean? And he, and he needs time to execute that plan properly. So any owner comes in, they might be already in with some agents. And, you know, that just it might ruin things again. I don't know. We might have another Kia situation. Andrew, do you want to chime in on that, mate? Yeah, no, I think that's the big thing is we don't know what kind of owners these people would be because they're not in this world at all. Like at least Bowley can say, yeah, I've built up championship baseball teams. There's some at least tangential connection to the sporting world and what it takes to scout. Like, for instance, them across the park. Fenway Sports Group is fantastic at analytics and scouting. Absolutely tremendous at it. And even if the player doesn't come good, they can sell them as if he were, which is insane. Um, but we just don't know what a Kaminsky would do. We don't know what a Soros would do. And I do want to address it as one of the two American liaisons to the pod. Um, American ownership in and of itself, I understand the fear and trepidation there. But if you look at the table right now, seven of the top 10 teams are American owned. Um, some of that is just based on they have a ridiculous squad. But some of it is due to shrewd moves that they've made. So just because they're American doesn't mean they're terrible. But I could see the fear and hesitation based on like a Glazer or a Bully, that sort of relationship they have with the fans and what their goals are for the club. Is it success? Is it growing community and the club for the fans? Or is it I bought a McDonald's franchise and everyone knows it's McDonald's, i.e. United? Yeah, fair point. Say so before we move on, has anyone else anything to touch on that? Yeah, just a quick one. It, just about like obviously what you were saying about like sacking the manager and stuff. Surely though, if you would think about it, if they'd seen the reaction that Lampard got last season, then they'd be shooting themselves in the foot straight away if they came in and got rid of him. Yeah. And it'd turn the fans on the owners straight away. Yeah. Especially if we're still playing well. Yeah. So no, that, that is a fair point. Um, it's just with me, it's it's the it's a fear of just new people coming in. That's it, mate. It's just you, you can't help but worry uh someone else coming in and just wanting to do their own thing, you know, thinking something great can be greater, you know. But anyway, moving on. Well, moving on to something that's actually gonna stick around for a bit. Um Hummel have actually extended their kit deal with us for an extra year, taking us up to 2024, I believe. So basically, this as we move into the stadium, we'll be without a, a kit supplier. So there was a lot of talk that uh, Liverpool-based brand Castori, if I'm not mistaken, is from the city, um, was linked to us. But surely we're not going to run out in Bramley Burn. Nice, fancy story gear if there is any um i haven't seen it but what i will say is um personally i like homo i love their mental scottish second division 
kit designs, um, they they always bang one out one season somewhere around the world in a paisley design. You know, they they, they turn it up and, and to be fair, as actually worn by the wonderful Lee Murphy, um, here we can see that they do bang out some really, really nice tidy kits and some nice training gear. So how do you feel about it? Would you like to move on even longer with Hummel? Um, or would you like another more bigger brand, let's say with, with the greatest respect? Um, <laughs> because let's face it, um, Everton's never had Adidas. I really like the, the first night kit. Um, but I don't know, I'm a sucker for Umbro and I've, I've really warmed the Hummel. Um, Open floor, lads. Uh, John, I'll come to you first. I know you're going to say Adidas, but uh, what, who would you like to see replace Hummel when we move into Br Bramley Moor? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Adidas fan, obviously, with the jacket and, and all that. But, um, I mean, no, Hummel, I, I'm starting to like Hummel. I really am. I mean, when they first came in, I was sceptical. Um, the more I looked into the history around them and the relationship with the likes of Denmark and some really like prestigious teams and national teams as well, the more I've just grown to like them. Some of the designs are fantastic. Um, the only thing that put me off to begin with was the quality of them um, with the, like, the badge situation not being straight and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it just seems nice and fitting that we've got Hummel moving into the new stadium. If it would, you know, you'd think like, the, like some of the most prestigious brands when you think about it, um, in terms of football, like Hummel have got that connection with like Alan Ball going back to the fifties and things with the white boots, etc. It's between Hummel and Umbro for me, who have been seem to fit Everton as a club the most. You yeah. know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. some some sponsors just fit certain clubs. Um and I think Hummel is one of them. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that. And it, you, you know, the the pressure's on now to come up with an absolute peach for next year. Yeah. Um, well, I think we might have got our whatever research we done because I think it takes us up until we mo we move into the stadium without a kit supplier. So it might not be Hummel, but you would be happy for Hummel League One then, yeah? Yeah, I would, mate. Yeah. Um, it would yeah. be nice if they can hang on and just give us that first season. I suppose it would feel it would feel familiar somewhat. Um, but yeah, if it is their last one next season, then just make something right really spectacular and try and link it to Goodison. You know, we've seen, you know, the, you know, the, um, what's it called? You know, the Archibald Leach pattern around the side there, around, yeah. you know, the, the Bullens and stuff like that. So just make it, just make it like really like unique and nice. And I mean, yeah, I'm all right with Hummel. I like them. I do. Yeah. I'm, I've gotten used to it by now, but just stitch the badge on and then I'll buy one. <laughs> Um, Andrew, I'm going to come to you next, and I'm going to ask you a completely different question. Um, that's lies, by the way. Andrew, just like John, you're pretty obsessed with Adidas as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Same question. Um, would you like to see us move into Bramley Moor with uh, Hummel, which would extend that deal, or would you like a certain other brand to take over that has never supplied Everton with kit before? So I definitely don't want anyone like Nike. Uh, have you seen the World Cup kits this year? They are not trying. Awful. The U.S. kit looks like a Spurs training top. It is horrific. Mm. Um, the Puma ones like, are quite poor as well, to be fair. was that? The Puma jerseys as well for the oh, World yeah. Cup are quite poor. 
Uh, but the Adidas thing. Mexico kit, like that's fantastic. Uh, much like Run DMC, I too love my Adidas. Um, but <laughs> I like Humble a lot. They try. That's the biggest thing is they yeah. really do put effort into the design. I listened to a podcast a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was Mint Is Culture, uh, their show, where they talked to a Nike designer or a former Nike designer. And they were talking about the tiers of effort, basically, that each level of football club gets. So even yeah. something as high as the Premier League, if you're not in the big six or you know challenged for Europe, you're still going to get the B squad. The only yeah. team that gets the Jordan team is PSG. So yeah. there's still like levels of effort even amongst the best clubs in the world. So I really like that Hummel tries, but like John said, I wish the consumer product was higher quality. Um, I've got a couple, like I've got a DCL jersey and a Ben Godfrey jersey, um, which apparently are cursed because they're both injured. But the letters and numbers are bubbling up off the back. Like I did the inside out. I don't wash them hot, et cetera. They're not that great of consumer gear. So I wish that end of things would change, but I'm happy for Hummel to stay. Yeah. Lee, um, do you like Hummel football kits? Yeah, I don't mind them, me. I mean, I don't normally buy the kits no more. I buy them for me little lads. So yeah. not, I'm not someone that goes out and buys the kits every year. But they do look good, especially, I mean, the training gear this, this year yeah. is absolutely spot on. So yeah. I wouldn't mind them carrying on. Yeah. You, but I, I, I do agree with John. It should be someone like Hummel or Umbro, someone we've got like a rich history with. Yeah. So. No, definitely, and that's it's valuable. I I really do like the Hummel stuff. I love the chevrons, the quality of the kits. Um, they do leave a lot to be desired for. Um, I can't believe how, like, I've the, pink. You know the, James Rodriguez pink training top. I have that. And I absolutely love it. But like, even that's hanging together by a thread, like, and it's not a top I wear a lot. You know what I mean? Just a few washes, and it's quite tired, but. It's not a Ponagili. It actually does look very tired. But um, ultimately, I, I like them. But I would love, I would love to see us move with a fresh, a fresh one. You know, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've read or or listened to the same thing Andrew's been talking about there with the tier system and Adidas is very, very similar. You know, if you're elite, if you're elite, they'll they'll, they'll give you everything. You know, they'll give you the shit rolled in glitter hundreds and thousands, you know, everything. But if you're lower down and stuff, it's literally just generic yeah. slap. Look at Leeds and Leicester kits for the last couple of years. It's the same thing yeah. except for the badge. It's just three stripes yeah. on the shoulders, like, good to go. Yeah, I think, I think Leicester were, were actually victims of being giving, given a one of the, the Adidas pink training tops, and they just literally slapped on the Leicester stuff uh, a couple of years ago, which was scandalous even though it's Leicester, you know, um, they don't get a lot of sympathy for me and actually I'm not getting any sympathy. I just think that that's bad, bad moves. But um, yeah, I'd love to see Under Armour because it's just, it's really nice gear, really. Um, speaking of armor, what a, what a, what a link. Um, Connor Cody, guys, we, uh, John, stop shaking your head. Um, yeah. We haven't stopped talking about Connor Cody since he since he signed at the club. Um, he's been absolutely brilliant. Obviously now, Wolves. Uh, top of my head, I can't remember. They either have a new manager or they're looking for a new manager. I know they have sacked their manager that let Connor Cody go, and 
realistically, if you, if you looked at, at the analytics, and just never mind that, if you just had half a brain, you would look and say, why did they let Mr. Wolverhampton Wanderers go? They did. So we've all been sort of wondering all week, can they cut the loan? Is there a loan fee? There was talk that uh, they can't cut the loan. That seems to be fact. It's, it's, it's been out in the athletic. And there was talk of a 10 million fee designing, which was fantastic. Um, breaking tonight, just before I came on, uh, a few of the Everton chats and stuff, I mean, I've just let up saying 4.5 million is the agreed fee for if we want to make the deal permanent. That is an absolute steal. Um, Lee, how do you feel about that, mate? Um, Godzilla, slining off at the back, John's favourite name for him there. I would get that done some other. Yeah. If, even, even at 10 million, he's already proved yeah. his way for it. You'd rob your granny for it, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, right yeah, fantastic. Unbelievable, Stan. I, as I said on the last pod, I can't believe you let him go. I really can't. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it baffles he's, me beyond um, belief. Yeah, it blows your mind. And Andrew, I'm going to come to you with this one here, mate. Um, do you think this comes down to player power? And I mean this in a sense where, do you think if you can show that you're unhappy or you have uncertainty as a player and your levels can drop, that with the right or or, or maybe better term is the wrong kind of manager will look and just be like, you know what? He's not getting to those balls. He's not one of those headers. He, he could be on his way out. I'm, I'm going to move forward without him. And do you think that's happened? And that's a massive, massive mistake in letting the player go. But also on that, do you think sometimes just when you see a player getting tired, it is time to go for them and rejuvenate themselves at a new club? Yes, but I don't think that's what happened this time. I think yes. somehow Bruno Lodge does not have the right team around him that said, hey, Connor Cody can probably play in a four. And I, I, the only reason I'm saying this, Cody doesn't seem like the type to down tools. I don't think he has that option no. to select on his computer. I, I just don't think Lodge was willing to give him a chance. Like, okay, you are Mr. Wolverhampton Wanderers. To me, Bruno Lodge, that means you play in a three and that's all you're good for. Um, you're a specialist. And I just, I never saw that. Uh, they didn't even try with him. Like all through the end of last mm-hmm. season, they played three and five at the back. So I don't understand yeah. where that came from. He must have had one really rough training session, and that was that. But yeah. if I was a Portuguese manager, I'd be keeping my phone as loud as possible right now because Wolves need somebody, and the Portugal yeah. B team isn't going to staff itself, damn it. No, that's it. Um, John, yeah, just as well, I meant hypothetically, as in a player, you know, dropping not Cody because he does not seem that sort. Ultimately, he's the captain as well. So I think if you're freezing a captain out, it needs to be – we need to get him out of Dodge ASAP, basically. But, um, John, just around all that, do you feel that Cody needed this fresh start? Because I know he was good at Wolves, but literally everywhere in the media is speaking about him. He's gone, as the kids say, you know, that I'm pretty down with, you know, he's gone levels. I was dying for that one, but apologies. But he really, really has leveled up. You know, he's he's... He's off to his game. I'm going to die for that one. I know. Sure. Gone ahead, am I? How do you do, yeah. fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> that was wasting Godzilla. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, he has, he has gone up another level. He has, he's, he's been immense. You know, fo a, like a football player's career is almost like a book. It's set in chapters almost. Um, you know, they have chapters at different clubs. And I think this could be his best chapter of his book at the moment with Everton um, because he's coming into those prime years as a centre-half. He, he's just perfect for it. And it just seems ridiculous. I mean, I even seen... Um, something on Sky yesterday where Gary Neville and, and Carragher were talking about the England squad and, and even those guys were overlooking the fact that he's been playing in a back four all season long yeah. at the moment, you know, and it's it's just madness. Like, the people just not watch football. I mean, he's tremendous. And not only is he tremendous, he's got the best defensive record in the league at the moment in a back four. It just baffles me. Like, people, you know, just don't seem to think he can do it. It's crazy, but, you know... Wolves' loss is, is our gain and you know four point five million. Four point five million, that's that's you know, that's a packet of crisps. Just just get it done. It's unbelievable. It's just I just can't believe it. Like, you know, and I think yeah. he, he he's earned it, you know, in coming back to this player power thing, you, not a lot of players can do this. Um he's he's put a shift in there, like and he's he is like Mr. Wolves, as Andrew said, and you know, he's he's earned the right to say, do you know what? I just want to move a bit closer to home now, um, yeah. And and it's worked for him because he's 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 just been absolutely unbelievable. And I'll be shocked. I will be shocked if he doesn't start for England in the World Cup because he's immense. Yeah. No, I I agree that he, he probably should be on playing for you. But to be honest, at, at Southgate's gone from clean slate, you know, to basically he has his click. And I get in your reign at the start, it should be that, and you should go into a squad, and that squad should constantly grow and constantly exceed itself, where you're like, this player has to be on this player, and no one's come along that's better, and this guy keeps delivering. Um, but, yeah, just um, Southgate's going stale. So hopefully, you know what? Personally, for me, I just hope he doesn't go away with England. I hope he doesn't play with England, because I don't yeah. really care about England <laughs> um, national team. So... I just want my players fit for Everton unless, unless they play for Northern Ireland where, mm. where they don't because we're shit. So, um, but yeah, you want to chime in again on that? Yeah, just before you move on, like I, I noticed like, you know, Juventus are, are trying to pull out of the Moise Keane deal, which I hope they don't because we need the money. But I'm just again? hoping that, the, yeah, I'm just hoping yeah. that like there isn't something in this where, you know, they just get like a, a shed load of lawyers on it and just like try and pull out and find some little loophole or something because we're seeing rumours like from, the likes of Paul Joyce and things that they can't do that. They can't recall them. And, you know, we do have the option to buy them and things, but yeah. what is that like? Is that down? Is that like actually in the contract or is that like a little handshake and a gentleman's agreement or whatever? Cause those things just don't work. Do you know what I mean? People will back yeah. out of that stuff. So I'm hoping that it is like, you know, almost written and set in stone. Like, do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. we need to get it done. We do. Yeah. Lee, you want to chime in on that lad? Yeah. Isn't there something, in place like a law where you pay a loan fee, they can't be recalled. So it, it all depends. I'm pretty sure there is. So if we've paid a loan fee with the option to buy, then I'm pretty sure they can't yeah. call them back. No, I, th I think Paul Joyce did say that. What was it, Joyce? I'm not too sure. Joyce the Athletic said that there is no option to, to call back anyway. But in regards, mm -hmm. in regards to that Moise Keane stuff, yeah, Juventus are always trying this sort of stuff. Um... They just never want to. That deal suited them because they probably thought that they would try and get out of it, but I, I can't see it. It's too far gone now. This is, this is it. It's because you know what? If he had been, if he had been banging them in for them, 
that I probably still try to uh, squeeze um, the fee to be smaller. So, yeah, I'm not even going to waste time on Moise Keener out there because that's just, they're absolutely dogged, that UVA team uh, they deal with. They always seem to be, you know, they want everything for free and and they want to sell at the highest price. So, you know, they're, they're so erratic in what they do. Look at look at these for like likes of Aaron Ramsey and stuff. It's, it's just been madness there. You know, they brought Ronaldo one that nearly crippled the, the club as well. You know, it's just, they're just crooked. Hey? But speaking of crooked, I want to roll tonight. Um, Everton FC have been fined £300,000 for two breaches of FA Rule E20 that occurred during the 84th minute of its Premier League fixture against Crystal Palace. Um, and following the final whistle. Um, 300 grand then for what happened at the end of the season. Andrew, I'll come to you, mate. How do, how do you feel about that? Uh, I'm going to just plagiarize um, whatever his name is. Thoughts of Azul is the handle. Uh, I know him as Keith Azul. Uh, but that's uh, six Coleman's. Great value for money. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, John, what's your brief thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's in terms of like money and football clubs, it's it's not a lot really. But having said that, it's a hell of a lot more than what you get fined if you were being a racist club. I'll tell you that because I've seen some figures floating around that you get fined thirty grand for being a racist club and you know three hundred grand. But I'm just waiting to see if Man City get fined because they actually broke the crossbar. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? They snapped the bar in half. And we've seen some other clubs, Forest, on it as well. And I guarantee well, if it's just Everton, mate, then they need to start looking into it as a club and, and just get, like, yeah. you know, people on the case because it's, it's just there, Yeah, there was an actual case of assault as well, that Forest one. Billy Sharp got headbutted. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Lee, what's your thoughts on it, mate? Um, and while we're doing that, John, go and do a wee check for me, would you? Go and see if United actually got fined as well for um, their protest and destroying the stadium and getting the match abandoned, which would have cost a hell of a lot more money than Everton uh, just invading the pits. But Lee, what was your thoughts on that sort of fee and what do you think of the... Best, best 300 grand ever spent. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, so it wasn't that good. No, I wasn't myself, but... As John said, if you look at, I know it's a bit of a touchy subject, but what was it? The Bulgarian FA, was it? Got fined yeah. 50,000? Yeah. For when England yeah. were there? I think there was something with, with Millwall as well, I believe, um, yeah. a few years back, and they got fined 30,000. Just stupid. Yeah. I mean, all right, yeah, Vieira, but, you know, he, he lashed out as much, and then the fans got him off the pitch. Um, yeah, but even Vieira didn't complain about it. He didn't make a big no, thing no, about it. No, no, he didn't press charges you know? on that, did he? So no, no. And as you, it, as you said, Graham, Billy Sharp got headbutted, and nothing. I, I don't think nothing's yeah. come of that yet. Yeah, so. it's, it's scandalous. And even at that, though, there's just no sound on it. Like you see, when Sky Sports are re- re- reporting about it on when it was being investigated on Twitter and everything. They were using our image. You know what I mean? They couldn't wait when literally the best image that you could have used was Man City with the bar snapped in half because that, that's image projection of this is not acceptable. Mm. You know, a festival atmosphere with uh, Frank Lampard standing in a director's box like he's Mick Jagger giving it the, the stadium crowd, you know what I mean? You know, giving it giving it the arms and all this here and just loving it, you know, and 
like that that's yeah. the positive side of it yes there was one guy that one nimrod basically that fucking got on the uh patrick vera and stuff and but the fans even just again so that everton culture they stepped in and said what are you playing at moved it all away yeah. but one fan had a like what fifteen thousand on the pitch exactly exactly mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. Just before you go to Andrew as well, Man United got fined ten thousand euros, which is about eight thousand pounds. I mean, really? it's silly. It's proper silly. Again, an actual game abandoned as well. Yeah, yeah. proper silly. You think of the cost and everything? You've, you know, ultimately you, you want to say first of all the fans, you know, that have travelled over and stuff. They go, yeah. one of the biggest clubs in the world, arguably the biggest. You know, there's fans coming from everywhere to, to, to see them. Like for that, they happen. You know, and then you've obviously got. That's being screened in every country. I know Premier League screened everywhere, but that's would have been a main attraction everywhere. It's an and eight thousand pounds. There you there you go. Look. So again, well, look at that, um, look at that um, now TV pass that you can get for one day. Imagine how many people would have bought that just to watch that one game. Yeah, yeah, seven or eight quid, isn't it? Uh, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine a yeah. day. Yeah. Speak to John. He knows the guy anyway. But um, Andrew, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your feelings on it. Yeah, I just I think it's that classic thing with Everton where we're the one of the easiest clubs or one of the easiest fan bases to wind up. It's like with the Zuma thing, it was the ex-Everton player kicks cat, or in the inverse, when it's you know somebody doing well, like oh, former Sunderland keeper Jordan Pickford. Like, I'm sorry, he has another shirt that he's wearing like yeah. yesterday. What the hell, yeah. guys? Um, but this is a little different than that because it's not the media, it's organizations that regulate the sport so i got to imagine cities is coming i really do think it'll happen i don't know if it'll be like quote unquote fair um but i i do think man 30k for racism that's it if they did it per incident chelsea would be an administration right now yeah 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 (laughs) yeah they, they would um it's just madness, isn't it? I mean, I don't know why, if they are looking into things and they are actually looking into the City one and the Forest one, and there was a couple of others as well in the lower leagues, you know, why Why is it Everton that are first to get it? Why Why did he love making an example out of the club? I just, it's, it's just stupid. Yeah. And I really do think Everton needs to chime back in some way or another. I, I, I actually have a logical theory. Yeah, I actually have a logical theory on it. And I think it's a case of who can they punish that's, a big club because we are in our own way i suppose um as painful as that can sound but as honest as i can be so who can we touch that should be up there but aren't up there who have the name in the game who have the identity to because let's face it it's it's not the kids that are going to be reading this it's you know, use all the dads and all this and Guys, that you know, you speak to anybody over over thirty five, they're still going to say, "No, Everton, Everton should be up there." You speak to kids now at eighteen, nineteen, you know, who's Everton? Is the sort of smartest things that they say. So, so to that audience and stuff, when we're proving a point, and it's true, you know, who who can we punish? We can't punish Big Red. We can't punish the Red Devils. We can't punish Chelsea now. We can't punish City. Oh Jesus, now we can't even punish Newcastle now. We have to, if they uh, stroke their ego when they're saying uh, away the people or whatever it is now um but basically you know but we can target everton because they don't bite back they they're an easy target basically you know if, if you're to go by that 
if you were to go by how they see things now, and this is me saying this because I don't I don't consider Everton this at all, so I'll put that disclaimer before I say it. But if you look at the big clubs now in English football, and if we have to be put into that bracket, they they will see us as the run to the litter. So they're going to nip at us. They're not going to go for Chelsea and all their millions and billions and, and same with Newcastle now who are nowhere near. They're not even in our stratosphere, but you know, I, I mean that respectively. I'm not, I just mean like if you want to go by what you've won and you're established, they're a big club in their own right. That's just not in the right. If you want that right with us, we're, we're just bigger. It just is what it is. I don't like that sort of, we're bigger now, you're bigger. And, and you know, that whole back and forth. I think it's ridiculous, but in, in that sense, I think that's why we get targeted. Um, and if anyone disagrees with that, uh, by all means, chime in. Like. Yeah, I mean, no, you're probably right there. I just hope that Everton just actually come out and just say something. I don't know, release it. Just bite back for once, please. Don't just roll over and take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, by all means, wait and see if the others do get fine first, but you know, if it's you know, half of, of the fine that we got, then they need to actually say something and, and try and, you know, put a statement out or something because Everton are too nice. They are too nice and it yeah. does wind me up from time to time. It really does. So, yeah, just need to just do something about it. Yeah. Just a quick thought, though. How much yeah. did, the, um, did the Sky 6 get fined for trying to form the Super League or did they get fined? No, it was, it was, it was like 10 grand. Each. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like something like that, but split it between. It was them. less than they spent on lunch in Q4. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like a bully in a playground, basically. What have you got in your pockets? Yeah. And yeah. you paid up. Which was but, the equivalent um, of like a pound each. It's just yeah. ridiculous, yeah. honestly. I know it's two different yeah. things. Like, obviously, do you know what I mean? We're comparing what City and Fodderstone, but I mean. But that, but, that should be but weird. Even at that, no, but sorry, I was just going to say, but even at that, so com- compare the wrongdoings. Celebrated staying up. Pitch invasions have been a thing for as long as I can rem- remember. You know what I mean? Um, they've happened. Yes, if they crack down on it. Yes, it shouldn't happen. That's fair. But ultimately, you just tried to bring down the establishment. You just tried to, you know, they just tried to ruin your product, yet stay in it. So they want to go do their own thing and come in it with their 300 million extra a year to compete in your league and completely kill it off. It's already dead and on its knees. These guys just wanted to cut it up into pieces and do whatever they want on top of them, you know, and, and break dance on top of them. So it's absolutely scandalous. Again, we're, we're and yes, six million the three hundred thousand, but you know, you put that on if you had this magic calculator, which they always seem to have calculators for everything in Sky Sports News, you know, they're bound to have one line on the back that can calculate, right? Well, pitch invasion, destroy the league, you know, destroy English football. Literally, that's why you have so many international fans that are so passionate about English football. The tier system, every you no, know, yes, they've all got the same sort of tier system, but the amount the leagues and every every town and its cat has a football club out the back, you know, and it's all competing in the FA Cup and all this. You couldn't give a shit about none of that anymore. Only care about yeah. Champions League and just one hundred and thirty years of history. Yeah, yeah. Simple. It, it's, it's, you don't care, like. They just move when that's all now, just to suit whatever manager's the hottest ticket going and complains about it. You know, it's not the last game of the season anymore like it used to be. It used to be one of the best days out. out if, if your team wasn't in the final, it was the best, one of the best days to be out in the pub. Out with your mates watching the football. So, 
No, it's it's, it's just absolute. It's just football's dead, and it really like let's visit. Let's just pack up and go home. Um, but anyway, uh, last main thing I want to talk about here is just I want to go to uh, Lampard talking about Calvert Lewin. So after the Southampton game, and I don't have the quotes next to me, but he was talking about how his injury was tr- how, how it was tricky and he's going to assess him again and all this stuff. And I know we've spoken about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, he was supposed to be back. Then he had a weak groin injury. Um, apparently it might have been something to do with he was looking after his knees so much, putting more, more... Basically, he's not balanced, it would seem, in terms of just how his body is, is sitting. I'm not going to try and be an expert, even though that's John's profession. But ultimately... Are you getting worried about Calvert-Lewin? Lee, I'll come to you first. Just um, We can be as brief as we want because we have spoken about him, but I'm starting to get a bit nervous because he's supposed to be back. It's this again now. When does he come back and how does he come back? Does he come back in minutes late in games? What do you think? I, I am getting a little bit worried, but at the same time, because we are playing well, it's something that if, if he is just easing them back in and it hasn't been a reoccurring injury or a fresh injury, then take as much time as you need. Because we all know when he when he plays, well, he showed last year, I think he only played eight games, nine games, scored five goals. He knows where the well, back of the net is. Yeah, I, yeah I think so. And, and that goal from, uh, against Palace as well can't can go... No one can forget about that. He scored in our modern history, and only the biggest goal. And again, that's going to be debated in pubs for years and years. And even the fact that he'll be in that discussion of biggest goal for Everton ever, discussion-wise. Well, definitely, the big, definitely the biggest Everton goal since Colin Fallery against Coventry. Yeah. Well, there you Which are. kept us in the league, didn't it? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, again, so it's going to go down that discussion where it's going to come up against Sharp at, at Anfield and, and all those goals. Yeah. You know, and, uh, personal wee favourites, well, no, Leon Osman. It's, it's one. Of, it is one of them, isn't it? You've you've got to be careful with it. But at the same time, I am getting a little bit worried because we got told what was it four or five weeks ago that he'll be fit, and he still yeah. isn't fit enough to even yeah. get on the bench. We're still having to put Rondon on the bench. So, yeah. But as I, the good thing for Calvert Lewin and Lampard is we're playing well. So the fans aren't gonna turn. I think the fans yeah. will would turn on them if we were like in the bottom bottom three and yeah. not playing well. Or no, give them as much time as they need, really, as long as we're playing well. And as long as the other players we were filling in for them are doing his job. Yeah. Andrew, I'll come to you on this, but um just that that worries there. Lee makes some good points. The only thing I would I would I would question and I'll come to you with it is I don't think we're going to get away without having that option for much longer. I think now the games are going to come thick and fast and it's, yes, we are doing well. And you know what? Um, Mopai can do something. I wouldn't be surprised to see Gordon come off the bench a bit more in the next few games to, because it, it's, it's just Duncan Ferguson's mentioned that Gordon sees himself as a centre forward in the future. Remember, he said that was it before the Chelsea game, was it? And it's it's made me just think, kind of, is is that the thing? And he's going to say, right, well, I'm going to need to use you as backup for there now that Mopai's in. So, how do you how do you feel about it all overall? 
Um, I prefer the cautious approach this time. Um, I think having players like Seamus Coleman has hurt us mentality-wise, at least in the medical department. That dude is an Iron Man. Will play at 42% fit or less if you give him the opportunity. And we've been so shallow in terms of our bench rotation that we didn't have options to let people yeah. come back slowly, uh, even though we should have. Um, obviously, DCL last year got rushed back and it hurt him worse. I also think DCL has such a specific skill set that if he's not close to his best, he's nowhere near his best. Um, his seven out of 10 does fuck all for us. And I'm not like slating him. He's great. But him not doing the thing he does best when he's on the pitch really doesn't offer us a ton. If we don't get that hold up play, even if he's not banging him in, if we don't have his leap, and if he's having groin issues and knee issues and ligament issues, he's not going to have that leap back yet. Then let's take our time. And currently, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. John, just come to you with the same thing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with me, like, you know, we, he was supposed to be back for Southampton, wasn't he? And then obviously he picked up a little knock. And before that, he was supposed to be back for West Ham. And again, he's, you know, picked up a little knock or whatever it is. But I just feel like at the moment... We're constantly talking about it every single week, just hoping and praying that he can just get fit at some point and just to give us like, you know, a deadline as to when we can hope for him to be back to look forward to it. But yeah. it's it's just getting further and further away. I just feel like we need to I'm not I'm not gonna dismiss the lad because we know how brilliant he is when he's fit. He's he's top class. He's he's the jump yeah. on him, he's got the best leap in the league for me in terms of headering and stuff like that. So we know what he brings. I just feel like we need to go about it in the similar manner to what we did Yerry Mina in terms of bringing in a replacement and just letting them get on with it. We brought Cody and Tarkowski and we forgot all about Yerry Mina. And I'm not saying forget mm -hmm. all about Calvert-Lewin, but you just need yeah, to Yeah, there's plan. no pressure. Yeah, there's no yeah, pressure exactly. to get Mina back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no pressure. Just plan without him for the next 12 to 18 months and then let him get back and then see what he does. And if you've got yeah. someone in there who's, who's, who's already doing well, You've got no pressure whatsoever. And Lampard doesn't yeah. even get asked about it in the media. You know what I mean? Because I bet you he's fed up yeah. with getting asked about it and stuff. So, yeah, the fact that we're talking about it now, you know, is, is we're just hoping and praying and we just need to get past that point now. Yeah. Um, Andrew, do you want to add on, on anything in that? Yeah, um, I think the our results are framing this conversation pretty heavily. Like, if we look at Southampton, who we've always struggled with, especially away, we, if we had DCL, like a prime DCL, we would have won that 3-4-1, but we still would have won yeah. regardless. So I think we're in a good spot that we are able to ease him back because things are gelling right now as they are. Yeah. Would I like to have won 4-1? Fuck yeah, give me it. But we don't have to at this point. I think if, like Lee said perfectly, if we were bottom three, I think we'd all be like just frothing at the mouth. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fair. Um, and just to before before I move on from this, just want to say this. Yes, he's great in the air and stuff, but people forget like Calvert. For me, Calvert Lewin's only per when he has time on the ball. I think instinctively he lifts, he makes space in the box. He can finish. Always remember that overhead kick against Arsenal. He's a lot more on him than just heading the ball. So, I really do think if we can get him back in this team and get him a hundred, even ninety percent fit, where he can be playing and be managed until he gets the hundred. I really, I really think that we can uh, do something. But next, I'm going to just go on to a wee transfer rumour. 
Um, Cody Gapko uh, at PSV Eindhoven, he's been linked a hell of a lot. Um, not only us, it's a, a supposedly a 40 million deal. It's been linked to Southampton, Manchester United, and Newcastle, I believe. So, would you just want them? I'm really skeptical just about Dutch players coming to the Premier League, you know, or this mod- modern Dutch players because they, they haven't got a great record. You know what I mean? Um, so, just John, I'll come to you first. How do you feel about Gapko and, and do you want them? Because he has turned it up, to be fair. Yeah, he's 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 a monster. Um, he's playing really really well. As you say, a bit skeptical. You look at the likes of Stephen Bergwijn and stuff like that. They just don't don't hit the ground running for whatever reason. Um, I I'd like him. I would really like him. He can play. He's in a similar mold to Richarlison for me. He can play up front or out wide on the left. Um, and he's still going to get your goals and, and assists. I think he got twenty one goals and fifteen assists last season, which is just tremendous. Um. I think, as you said there, Man United and Leeds and Southampton were all in contact with PSV Forum last year. I think Leeds actually were the closest, to be honest, because they sent someone out over there to speak, like face-to-face yeah. and not via, you know, fax or whatever it is they do these days. And I don't know, Bill Kenwright's Blackberry. But, you know, I think he's a monster player. He's a beast. Um, if we can get it done, the problem is, like, you know, he's just going to be expensive now. He's, you see what he's doing this yeah. season already. He's going up and up and up. The same as Kudus, the same as Mudrick. You know, these players are, yeah. are really doing well in the Champions League and things and the Europa League, etc. So yeah, it's uh, the more the more and more notoriety his name gets, the more expensive he's gonna be for us. And you know, the least you know, the the more likely it is that he's gonna go to a bigger club who's is willing to pay upwards of fifty million because I don't see us paying anywhere near that, to be honest. No. So yeah, I would like him, but at what price is the is the question? Yeah, same thing. Just over to you, Lee. Uh, do you want them, or do you think we can get him? Is the two ones? Well, I'd have him. Whether we could get him, as John said, because you know the more he keeps on playing the way he is, his price is just going to go up. And we're not yeah. we're not quite out of the financial mess that we've been in. So maybe three or four years ago, I'm sure he would have got him straight away. Yeah. There you go, there's 70, 60, 70 mil, whatever you want. But I just don't think it's going to be viable with the financial restrictions we've got on us at the minute. Yeah. So would I have him? 100%. But I think he'll end up at a PSG, Man United, one of the big, big boys. So Yeah, yeah I'll probably go for that Hollywood move if he's banging him in the way he is. Yeah. Andrew, just on to you, pal. Same thing. For 50 million, I don't think so. Uh, his injury record is actually not spectacular, at least in recent times. We were just talking about DCL. So this is kind of timely. Uh, he was out for like over two months with ankle injuries in the 21 22 season. And that's not playing for Everton. <laughs> He'd be out yeah. until 2030 if he played for us. So. Yeah, he's banging him in for fun, but I don't think we're a great fit for him um, unless we can remove the curse that lives on Finch Farm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just very skeptical now with Dutch players, and they terrify me, to be honest, because I just I think the Premier League must be just so different. The Eredivisie, I'm, I haven't watched the Eredivisie in, in way too long. See them in the Champions League. Um, same with Kudos. I didn't even bring that up because ultimately... I think he's gone, and that's a bit heartbreaking because he was that player. You know, Dave, who 
is on the on the pod with us and he, he actually does a lot of scouting and he actually th- threw him up beforehand before he even got linked in just as a player to watch he would usually send me a, th- a load through saying check this guy check these out and he has a dynamo he looks unbelievable i asked the kudos hang around and, and you'll be a key player and sure look what he's done he's, he's he's gone up levels so yeah heartbreaking but you know what i've confidence and La- the way lampard and stuff onana potentially garner just the way he's turned it around you find uh you find a senegalese player as well address again a guy and he's just fitted under your midfield too as if you played here before so ultimately Oh, no one got that joke. Oh well. And ultimately, it's uh, it's just keep faith in the establishment and hope that they can deliver for us. John, have you anything to say before we move on, Paul? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you you tend to think of like a difference in quality with the leagues, and you start questioning how far behind the Premier League is the Dutch league, and then you start looking at you know the likes of Klassen and and Bergwijn and all these players who came over. And don't hit the ground running. It also works the other way. We've just seen um, Jared Brantwaite go out on loan, and he's he's tearing it up over there. Whereas previously last season he did struggle a bit, albeit all right. It was his first proper season, and you know playing for Everton, but he's now smashing yeah. it over there. So who's to say like he'd come back and he wouldn't struggle again? Do you know what I mean? So you've got to. It does make you think twice, like which is why I tend to think yeah. the Championship would have been a better loan option. But I don't know. Yeah, it works both ways for me. Like you, you've got to do some thinking. No, that's fair. And um, well, Jared Brand, just as we're talking there about Jared Brandway, we'll just move on to his potential long-term centre half partner. So, Reese Wells has signed a new four-year deal, um, Tyson Deverton until two thousand twenty-six. Um, we've seen him make his debut against Fleetwood. And to be honest, I, th- I thought he did quite well in that game. Um, he has talked up a lot. Um, and anyone that's that's properly watched them and follows the under 21s and under 18s it's constantly been raving reviews about him he's trained with the first team now constantly he's probably considered now our, our fourth choice centre half ultimately down to injuries but even still um, the fact they're giving him this contract does not sound good for Michael Keane does not sound good for Gary Mina um, it's his chance now to get ahead of Jared Branthwaite. So just just briefly, lads, because I know we just threw that one in, but um, must be good if we're seeing potential. They've been handling a lot of contracts this week. This is the only one I'm going to focus on. So how do we feel about Reese Wells, Jono? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very promising. Like, I mean, he is only 19, and we've just tied him down to a four-year deal, which is tremendous. Um, usually players like that will, will say... Their agents will tell them to keep their options open, maybe do another year, maybe yeah. do two years, and then you can see what is. But yeah, for four years, it's really promising. Um, you know, he, he done well last season when he came on in certain, as you said, he came on against Fleetwood and done very well and played there. And yeah, to get him tied down for four years is really good. Even if it doesn't work out, it's four years, so you're still going to perhaps make something off him. Do you know what I mean? So, which is what we've been crying about for ages, um, you know, in terms of lone players or players breaking through and, and not quite making it and things. So, yeah, happy days either way there. He, he looks uh, looks exciting. Yeah. Um, Lee, um, did you... Have, have you seen him much as well? Have you have you gone to many under-21 games or anything? Or I haven't, I haven't seen much of him, to be fair, but as John said, it's good that we're tying him down 
And I did see someone saying, I can't remember who it was the other day, he was going on loan, but because of the injury to Godfrey, Mina and Holgate, Lampard's obviously yeah. kept, him, kept him back and said no. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if, say, Godfrey and Holgate are fully fit after the, when the window opens in January, I think he'll be gone on loan yeah. for, for six months. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, nice one, mate. Um, Andrew, just just on that too. Do you think it could be a case of the the fact he's got such a long, a long deal, so four years with the club into those prime ages? Do you think it could be a case of uh, a challenging league one side and going a two year loan? Maybe there if they if they see something happening. So do you think they must have a real development plan with them, mustn't they? Yeah, I think this just again speaks to kind of the difference in the director of football down to the academy setup that we've got right now. Yeah. Uh, how is Terry Small doing right now, by the way? We getting in that first team? No? Okay. Uh, no, but I think we're we're actually showing a pathway. That joke about Small is a little unfair. I can understand. Where no, it's not. From, it's not. It's not. But he was ill-advised. Um, yeah. But I think right now, I would rather him stay because he now has two great role models and mentors to bring him through and play a style that works for any team, except for apparently yeah. Wolves. Um, but I think this would be a great time to use those mentors, those resources to grow your game uh, at the highest level. Even if you're not getting minutes, I, I just think there's a time to work on reading the game rather than just your physical attributes and, you know, attempts, Yeah, if that makes sense. No, that makes great sense. And uh, as you say, young English center half, just... Again, it's like we, we always go back to the whole Jagielka Les Scott thing and just, just Jagielka and any partner in his pump, really. Um, he, he brought everybody levels up. So you sort of do want them to, I'm sure he is, I'm sure he's sticking to them like sponges, you know, the whole dad thing. And again, the club's come out with that today, you know. And I'm sure I think there was a Tarkovsky podcast came out today, but I haven't given it a listen yet, but I definitely will check that out. But yeah, um, I, I, th- I think it's, I, I think. It should squeeze everybody out, out that he can. And then I, I think it would be pretty good for him to go out um, because I just think real, real football and um, just can do so much for, for a young player. But obviously we hope it's the right club and stuff. But um, before I just move on, Lee, do you want to chime in on that just before we bounce Yeah, I was off? just going to say, well, this is why we've got, like, obviously we appointed Vaughn as the loan, the loan director, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So good point, I'm yeah. guessing... If we are going to send him out, he's probably already looking at clubs. Because as yeah. you said as well, Graham, he looked good against Fleetwood and they're in League One, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, it, was, it, maybe, it actually looked easy for him. You know, a yeah, couple of wee so, moments, one or two wee moments, but yeah. apart from that, you know, that, it could be nerves. So around five or six a, games. A bottom half championship team or something like that. Yeah. Maybe something yeah. like that. And then has to be a, obviously it has to be a perfect balance though, doesn't it, Lee? Because you just yeah. you don't want really to wreck his confidence too if he's going to a club and they're just getting hammered. You know what I mean? So it's I get in, and James brilliant point bringing up James Vaughn because it slipped my mind. You know he, he needs to just find that you know, he has to earn his money basically and find that that perfect spot for him. So I really really hope he, he can do that. And just lastly, hey, before we finish up, as I'm talking about loan spells. Lewis Dobbin last night got his first goal for Derby County. Did any of you see it? See um, clean finish, hey, good movement too to get into space. Although, I, I don't know what that centre half was doing when he cut that ball back. That was. I was going to say yeah. about that. I was going to say you wouldn't get that time in the Premier League, but it's brilliant. No, for him. no. Well, yeah. Um, first goal. So. Yeah. John, 
you, you you're you're quite the latest Dobbin fan. Do you wish he was back and doing that for us right now? Yeah, I mean, is he gonna offer more than Rondon? Possibly. Um I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Dobbin, I really do. Um, solid. Yeah, I mean, well I mean, you know, I just I just wish that well, I just wanted I was desperate for him to just break through this season, you know, like Anthony Gordon did last season. Um yeah. we we seen him come on against Chelsea last season, um, in December and he and he he played tremendous. He ran Thiago Silva ragged. I keep saying it because he's brilliant. Um, he's rapid. He's like he's he's absolutely rapid. And I just I just wanted us to keep him and just give him a few few minutes here and there. Fleetwood would have been a perfect game for them to put him in there. And you know if we can put him in a, in a few cup games, it would have been ideal. But yeah, I mean just just even like to replace Mopai for the last ten minutes. Just throw him on up top and just see what he does. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see why not. But, but sure, surely the derby, though, surely this is better for his development because it looks like, it, you know, by by what Derby's putting out, John, it's like skills, then runs, then you know, build up a plane, and now you're seeing it go to assists, and now ultimately you're seeing him get that goal. So you're nearly the with Derby you know, pushing out their their content. It's 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 nearly leaking his progress, so it's all there for us to see. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it it is, mate. It definitely is, and you know, just before you go to Leeds, that's a good point actually, because um, he's a uh, at Everton. If you're breaking through into the first team, you're still a boy who's just getting a few minutes. If you're alone at Derby, you're gonna turn into a man. Do you know what I mean? And then come back. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's good that he is actually playing and and you know doing well. And yeah, hopefully he can just get a few more goals this season. And even if. Lampard doesn't fancy him again. There's another player that you can perhaps make something on if he doesn't. So, yeah, happy days. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just gonna say um, he is. Well, Derby have got a history over the last couple of years since Lampard went there, actually, and because of the financial mess that Mel Morris left them in, that they can't go out and afford to buy. I mean, they're in League One anyway, but they can't afford to go and buy the best players. They have to on earth raw diamonds and stuff. So. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a perfect place for them. I would have liked to have seen them stay, especially over certain players that are still at the club. But yeah, in terms of he's going to get plenty of game time, and he's going to develop his game and come back hopefully a much better player and ready to play Premier League football. So yeah, fair point. Hey guys, um. Thank you very much for coming on, lads. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell even, please. If you're listening to Spotify, please rate the episode. It really does help us a lot, all those things. Um, so from me, myself, John, myself and Andrea, myself, which it says about 10 times there, uh, thank you and Evan, aren't we? See you next time. Evan, are we? Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with all your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can also catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss with us, you can reach us via email at eawpodcast at gmail.com. This show is sponsored by 3 Transport Refrigeration Limited. They offer refrigerated transport breakdown coverage nationwide, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Check them out at www.3trl.co.uk or give them a call on 01925 
550333. Go ahead and check them out for all your refrigeration transport needs. Catch you in the next one, guys.